Listen, it's The Bird Show. So many people trying to take control of the wedding and the plans. We all heard the phrase bridezilla, but then you got momzillas also, and here is where our problem starts this morning. Hey, Bird Show. P1 here. I've heard so many stories of wedding drama, and I didn't think it could be that bad. I just got engaged exactly one week ago today after 10 years, and I totally understand that my parents are excited, but Dang, my mom is already stressing me out. He and I had already decided that our wedding would be on a cruise to the Caribbean with immediately family members only. Parents, step-parents, siblings with their spouses and kids, a maid of honor, and a best man. Maybe 20 people tops. We're looking at dates in early summer of 2026 so that the three kids will all be graduated from high school. That's two and a half years from now, plus We're paying for all of it, so we need time to save. We plan to have a reception afterwards for other family and friends, and my mom knew this, all caps. I specifically told her that we were keeping plans off social media so that anyone not invited on the cruise wouldn't be offended. My mom has already started announcing to other family members about the cruise, and they apparently need details. We can't even book a cruise this far in advance, so there aren't even any details to give yet. So I reminded her of the plan. Immediate family members only. All right, stop right there, because in this email, there's a reenactment. Playing the part of the momzilla will be Kristen, (laughs) and playing the part of her daughter will be Abby. Well, when you know what cruise you're going on, you can't stop them from going if they buy their own rooms. Why do I tell people? What do I tell people when they expect an invitation? But mama, I can't send invitations for the cruise because I don't even have the dates yet. And even still, if they aren't in the 20 people we listed, they will get an invitation. But it will be for the reception Afterward, Okay, but why can't you do it in 2025? Cruise dates are available now. Who said it has to be 2026? We did! (laughs) We have to save money for it. Do you know we could be dead by then? (laughs) They're just barely in their 60s, so great gaslighting, Mom. So I went on to explain again that this will be my wedding and that we will plan to have it as we see fit and that it isn't her job to just go around and invite whoever she wants. When are we going to go wedding dress shopping? I don't know, Mom. I've been engaged for a week. (laughs) Obviously, you just called to start an argument with me. Click. And she hung up. (laughs) Am I the a-hole? Should I just let whoever pays their way show up? Obviously, my mom will have cruise information as soon as we have it booked for us. But should I just let this go or should I stand my ground? Already stressed, a frustrated fiance. You got to stand your ground yeah, here, yeah, right? Absolutely. I'm not exactly sure what that looks like, but you shouldn't have to be hanging out with a whole bunch of people you didn't even invite. Moms, what's going on? These type of situations always confuse me because, I mean, I'm as close as my mom as you can possibly be. I love my mother. But if she was doing this to me, I would have absolutely no problems asking her to take it back a bit and let me do my thing. This is not your wedding. This is mine. I love you, but I will handle it from here. I already know that if I'm lucky enough to one day trick a man into loving me and I get a, and I have a wedding, I know that my parents are going to be these people. And I'm kind Thanks. of, yeah, I really do. And I think part of it is because I know my parents are going to be handling most of the costs for the wedding. And I think sometimes when you've got the money involved, you feel like you can invite whoever you want. And there is something weird about looking around and being like, okay, this is supposedly my day. Like you're the guest of honor and being like, I don't know who this rando is. Like, why do we invite all these people when I only want wanted, you know, if I, I wanted to curate the guest list so it could be a day that celebrates me. So 
I, I you got to handle it with caution because you don't want to ru- step on any toes with your family and ruin any relationships, you know, with your literal mom. But I think you got to put your foot mm. down. And if I were this bride to be, I would tell my mom the dates of the cruise and no other information. Yep, that's you don't, what I was going to say. Yeah, you don't get to know the cruise line. You don't get to know the port that you're exiting for. I'll hand all that. Obviously, t- tell the maid of honor and the best man, but otherwise, it's a moratorium so she doesn't spill the beans. Mm-hmm. That's a really, really, really great idea. Um, yeah, you, you can plan everything and then be like, you need to have these <laughs> dates. Obviously, you have to tell them the dates but then um, withhold all information and then just like take care of transportation for them to the airport. Like, because if you're paying for everything, then that's well within your right. And then it'll just be a surprise where they're flying to and what cruise you're going on. Now, did she say in here that the parents were going to be paying for the wedding? No. Or are we just assuming that? She's paying. She's paying for the whole thing, right? So mom's is just feeling entitled because she's the mom. Correct. And Why? it's been 10 years and they're very excited. Right. Okay. Um, I don't know how you handle the momzillas in a case like this, but it feels to me like you're not going to change her. She is going to get her hands dirty in your wedding anyway. So withholding the info or anything that you can is the only thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what you have to do. Yeah. You just got to set some boundaries and hope for the best. Stay in your ground. This is The Bird Show. The problem is these little humans can't control their emotions at all. Everything, it's either fourth gear or first gear. We're talking about toddlers. <sighs> Let's talk about the little terrorists, shall we? <laughs> little toxic toddlers. Um, I've seen this multiple times on social media and kind of like, ha, 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 that's funny. That's cute. Until it happens to you and then it's no longer funny and it's no longer cute because you're being tormented every single day by something that weighs 30 pounds and can't control its emotions. And I'm talking about the toddler tantrums. My son Jimmy is two and a half. And you can't reason with something that is not reasonable. Mm-hmm. So if you would love to share, I have a list. I have kept a running list in my notes on my phone of all the times Jimmy has lost his S <laughs> over some of the stories Stupidest reasons. Stupid to us. Obviously not stupid to him. one 855 Show 855-237-8746. One day we should do... You name the temper tantrum and we try to guess if it's your husband or your toddler. <laughs> <laughs> Let's kick it off. He wanted a red light. Not a green light. <laughs> While you were driving? Yes. <laughs> Seriously? I kid you not, we were leaving what? preschool. He prefers red lights over green lights. We are leaving preschool. I get to a red light. We are happy. The red light turns green. He loses his S. Full-blown crying. I want a red light. <laughs> Is there a way to explain that to him? No. Or do you just have to let him cry that, it out? Yeah, let him cry it out. Okay. And there was, there's literally, that was the last light to get before we got to the house. There's no more. So what you have to do is like distract, deflect and distract. And I'm like, ooh, it's a stop sign. A stop sign's red. I want a red light. At least somebody appreciates red light. We're, I know, right? I'm like, bro, we, we live in a big city. You're going to get over that real quick. We're passing a construction. Ooh, Jimmy, look, an excavator. I want a red light. They just get focused. He didn't want his Play-Doh cat to have eyes. They didn't want the what? He didn't want his Play-Doh cat to have <laughs> eyes. Understandable. I We were playing in the playroom. We were playing with Play-Doh. I was cutting out little cats. And I'm like, oh, it'll be cute if I roll up little balls of Play-Doh and give mm-hmm. the cat eyes and some whiskers. Mm-hmm. No, mama, no. <laughs> I don't want the cat to have eyes, mama. 
I tore his paper towel in two. Oh, God. Uh oh. Oh, the travesty. Uh huh. He's like, it's broke. <laughs> it's broke. <laughs> I had the audacity to wear my house slippers. <laughs> what? Yes. I came downstairs. I mean, he, I'm standing there. He's trying to rip them off my feet. He did not want mama to wear shoes. She wanted, he wanted to have, he wanted my stinky toes to be exposed. So we call him his stinky toes. And so now he refers to his toes as his stinky toes. And so everybody has stinky toes. And he's like, I want mama's stinky toes. Let them dogs out. Yeah, he wants you to be comfortable. I sat on the sunshine pillow and not in the playroom chair. Oh, damn. How could you? And I tried to explain to him, we were just in a car for 12 hours, you know, there and back. Mama's got a hemorrhoid. She can't sit <laughs> in the playroom chair. She needs to sit on the sunside, sunshine pillow because it's better for her butt. Nope, he wouldn't have it. I couldn't <laughs> sit on the sunshine pillow. I had to sit on the chair that's in the playroom. Well, clearly at, what, three years old, he doesn't know what a hemorrhoid is, so she just should have showed it to him. Yeah, yeah, I know. I really should have. <laughs> There's something about seats. He always gets upset when I sit in the wrong chair, especially at the at the kitchen table. He has a chair he sits in. I sit in the chair to the right. If I sit in, in the chair to the left, he is going to cry. <sighs> a lot of parents, I see this. They totally get this, understand this. He wanted the green cup, not the yellow cup. Mm. I'm talking full-blown snot crying because he wanted the green cup. Not the yellow cup. One eight five five bird show. I handed him the yogurt that he requested. <laughs> he asked for yogurt. Yeah. I handed it to him. All of a sudden, he no longer wanted yogurt, and he got very, very, very upset. <laughs> <laughs> Hang tight, because I'm sure you got more. But there are others saying it's just not you. Uh, hey, Sarah. Good morning. You're on the bird show. Hi there. Um, yes. But with my daughter, um, when we went shopping, um, she kept telling me she wanted this pink stuffed animal. And I asked her three times, is the pink one doing what she wants? She said yes. By the time we made it to the register, she threw a fit because it was not green. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't green. Uh, colors what about that yes. green? But the colors, seriously, like, it's very, very, very upsetting. Hey, Courtney. Hi. Uh, my son just had his birthday. And he absolutely screamed the entire time we tried singing the happy birthday song to him. <laughs> that one I understand. I have never been comfortable with that. I was never comfortable with that as a kid either. My daughter Hazel, who was three at the time, lost her ever-loving mind because my husband suggested that she try cottage cheese. And then my son Max, a week ago, um, had a screaming fit because he wanted a banana. <laughs> it was in the bowl in front of him. He had the banana, yeah. and he just lost his mind screaming that he wanted his nana. Hey, Travis, good morning. Good morning. Love listening to y'all. Thank you. Thanks for being part uh, of the show. Absolutely. Uh, so I have a two-year-old and a three-year-old. Uh, it was actually this morning. Hadley, do you want a waffle? Yeah, I'll take a waffle. Kayla, you want a waffle? Yeah. Hadley had an outburst that she wanted Kayla's waffle. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The other one's okay. waffle's always better. No, personal yeah. waffle. Don't give these kids what they want. No, I guess apparently not. In uh, this one, he, he was so tired, <laughs> and this is why, obviously, the meltdown made no sense. Um he he flopped. He did his infamous soccer flop onto the bathroom floor after we got out of the shower because he wanted to go back into the shower. And I tried to explain to him like, no, we like you're gonna we're we, we're we're not going back in the shower. I took him into the nursery. I mean, scream like snot like the whole night. 
And at, at this point, I'm like, I can't calm this. So we go back into the bathroom. He opens the shower door. He goes and gets the wash rag and he hands it to me. He goes, boogies. Because <laughs> he wanted me to wipe his nose with the wet washcloth uh. that was in the shower. He didn't want me to use a wet wipe. Is there a level of panic for you not knowing when this is going to happen? Because it can happen at any second during the day. It's fortunately, <laughs> you know, no, I'm not going to say it because I'm not going to jinx myself. I'm not going to, I'm just not, I'm no, there's no panic whatsoever. Okay, I'm not going to so jinx myself. So there's not a bubbling anxiety of wondering a- around not. every corner if that's going to be another one. Uh, what are you talking about? A parent okay. <laughs> uh, of a toddler with bubbling anxiety anytime they go out in public? No, none of us experience that. <laughs> it's the first show. This is The Bird Show. Question for all the parents out there. Is it ever okay to correct your spouse's parenting in front of the kids? Mm-hmm. Uh, my knee-jerk reaction is, oh, hell no! What about if it's a child under the age of two? Two or younger. Or even, yeah, two no. and younger. I think when kids don't understand things, they can still feel things in their soul. Oh! Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah, I do too. What's your definition of correcting? Because I have definitely redirected conversations <laughs> uh-huh. and things that are said without saying that like daddy's wrong. Mm-hmm. I just sort of redirect the conversation and then he and I will talk later about it. So what happened was mm-hmm. um, I handle the uh, bath time at bedtime for our two-year-old Jimmy. You know, my husband, obviously I'm not there in the mornings to get up with him and take him to school. Bart handles mornings. I handle evenings. And for the record, my husband and I have since discussed this. Um, There were apologies. You know, sometimes you're just stressed and things come out in the wrong manner and we're good to go. We are communicating so good right now, you guys. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) Um, But I was, this was a moment as I am in the, the, I guess you can't call it a nursery anymore, Cassie. I guess it's just Jimmy's room, isn't it? Yeah. Oh. If you're not nursing, it ain't a nursery. I only got 12 more summers left. Hold um, on a second. What? I never put those two things together. The, the, a nursery. That they call it a nursery because nursing's going on. <laughs> I swear to God, I never put that together. Oh, you guys were today mm-hmm. years old. Nope. That's, That's like people when you tell them that breakfast is like breaking your fast. They're like, what? But wait a minute. It's a nursing home and there's no nursing going on there. Yes, there is because oh. you can be a nurse and the act of being a nurse is nursing. I was joking. I was oh, trying to oh make a I joke. was like, really? It's <laughs> like there's an entire profession this thing going. <laughs> I was following Kristen on that. Also, okay. you don't know what those old people get up to. They got a lot of STDs. When my granny was in her assisted living place, she constantly told us it was a brothel. And we're like, no, it's not. You got dementia. You don't know what you're talking about. And turns out those places get randy. It goes down. Anyway, back to being in Jimmy's room and putting him to bed. And I know this kid slow rolls me at night. All right. I know mm. I'm being played. I, I'm very aware of this, okay? They will find every freaking excuse, man. And their little two and three-year-old minds think they're so much smarter than right? you are. Oh, yeah. So he's two and a half. And he's like, he does think he's being masterful. And so, you know, it, it wasn't a, a smooth night. I, you know, took a little effort to get the sleep sack on, whatever. And he wanted one more story. So he's repeatedly asking me for one more story. FYI, I'm not going to read another book. We read several books, and I always let him know, last book, okay? Does he call you out if you skip pages? I used to skip pages with my kids, and Hayden knew it every single time. Okay, not yet. Okay. <laughs> However, there are some books that he has memorized now. Uh-huh. So if I were to skip a page in the Piggy and Gerald book, he would 100% know. So, um, and 
I am sitting there and I had patience that night, right? My husband obviously did not. My patience cup was full. His patience cup was empty. And so I'm not going to sit there and like yell at him and force him to do something. I'm trying to get him to understand and I will be, it's repetitive, right? And it's mind numbing, but I'm like, no, Bubba, no more stories. It's, you know, mama will sing you a song and then it's time to go to bed. And he's like constantly asking. And then that's when Bart comes to the door. And in that moment, he goes, I can't remember verbatim what he said, but it, to an extent was like, you know, you, you got to stop arguing with him. You got to put your foot down. Like he's playing you, blah, blah, blah. You can't, you can't negotiate with the terrorists. All, you know, all this stuff, right? And he's just, he, he needs to get to bed. It's already late, blah, blah, blah. All this stuff, right? As I'm sitting here in, in my domain, <coughs> Excuse me. Oh no, I caught the golem. You know, I, I'm I'm in my domain in my moment, right? Like my responsibility. And so Bart, you know, I'm just kind of I'm not engaging because I got Jimmy right here. I don't want to have this conversation in front of our son. Like if this is something you want to hit me up with afterwards, uh-huh. by all means. So he leaves. Because Bart always comes in and I've made, you know, like he kisses Jimmy goodnight and he says, I love you. And so we finally get past the one story thing. I'm singing him a song. I put him down. He cries. I have to go back in there, do a little more soothing. And then I leave and then we're all good. And so I go downstairs, excuse me, and I make the request, please don't correct me or correct my parenting in front of Jimmy. He's like, he's two and a half. He has no idea. And I'm like, I beg to differ. I said the S word the other day and he said it too. Like he's picking up on a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Uh And so I'm curious, your take. Uh, I'm with you on this one. Um, I don't know that he knows exactly what is being said or what the tension is all about, but I do feel like (laughs) kids pick up on tension. And when that kind of argument goes around, I think that they start to understand or have a perception of who might be in charge. And my thing is like, if you have an opinion, by all means, you know, let's have a conversation about it. If you have a critique, if you have a criticism, because, um, you know, I often feel like I'm getting criticized and he just feels like he feels like he's getting giving me helpful tips. Mm-hmm. We've had a difference of opinion there. Just the tips. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> a lot of them. Yeah. Some, <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, it. but we just we we had to agree to disagree until the next morning. He came down and apologized and said, hey, I was in a really bad space. I don't know what's going on with me. So I'm sorry. I, I was out of line. Yeah, it's undermining you. And the thing is, even if you disagree, it's just going to teach Jimmy that anytime you say anything, you can go to dad and get a different answer. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree. I don't think you should have, try. you should try not to have any tension in front of the kids at any age. I think they can pick up on a lot quicker than we think they can. Yeah, you're doing your best. Go parents. <laughs> um, I'm in no mood to judge. In no, in no position to judge, I should say. I think we're all under uh, the same agreement that Bart's just not a good person. <laughs> 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 it has been said. Yep. It's the Burt Show. So her boss is making her life totally miserable. Um, and she also knows that the boss is having sort of a relationship with a co-worker, which is a no-no. And she wants our help to get leverage in this relationship with her boss if we can expose this inappropriate relationship. She wants to be a knock? She wants to be the knock. Here's the email. And if you got something going on in your life, hit us up at thebirtshow.com. Uh, Burt Show. Desperately need your help. My relationship with my boss hasn't always been the best. That is a very mild way of describing it. 
It's basically been two years of constant criticisms that seem to have no end. He also has no problem making threats as if I should feel lucky to have the job. The worst is that someone or somehow every single extra project or task gets thrown on me. It doesn't matter if I've already worked well over 40 hours for the week. I really need this job, but my sanity cannot take this anymore. So I need your help. It seems that there might be um it seems that there might be more going on behind the scenes at the office than i was aware of until about a month ago from what i've gathered it appears that my boss is involved in a relationship with one of my co-workers and both of them are currently married to other people you busted uh, i see their spouses regularly so i know that they aren't separated So I need to find out some proof to confirm this relationship is happening. I need him to know that I know. I also need him to know that I am friends with his wife on Facebook. Maybe if he realizes the undeniable information that I would be holding on to, may treat me a little bit better. (laughs) Will you help? From Lori. When has blackmail ever worked to somebody's advantage? Yeah, this is going to get you fired. Don't you see it in movies all the time? Yeah, in movies. Yeah. And I think we've asked, and it, we've asked our Burt Show fam about blackmail before, and the story's never ended well. Let's see if we can do this again. Um, does this happen in real life, blackmail, you guys? one eight five five Burt Show, because it always feels to me like this happens in movies and TV shows, but is blackmail a real thing? And if you want to go on The Voice Disguiser to tell us what they were blackmailing you for and how much and how it all ended up, one eight five five Burt Show. And I mean, I, I know your boss, you feel treated unfairly, you don't like your boss, you think they are unfair. That That's one thing to be meddling in not one but two people's marriages and then holding that over somebody, it seems like an imbalance here. The two don't, I, 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 I feel like what you're doing is far worse than what your boss is doing to you. Does that make sense? Yeah. It does make sense. I feel if you snitch or meddle or do anything to get involved in it, I think it will genuinely end up being worse for you in the end. However, I'm not fully mad at Somehow where it seems like she's trying to say she just wants him to know that she knows and then not necessarily do anything with it. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But just have the situation like just maybe he would fall back just a little bit if he knows that she does have this information. I just don't know how you go about showing him that you have it without it becoming a thing. Didn't we say this a couple of weeks ago? Same situation. She just wanted the info, but she wasn't going to use it. Yeah. And then yeah. she got the info and she used it. Yeah, right? no, no. So here's the thing. If she wants him to know, it's only for your own pride. And it's not going to end well for you because he knows who you are and he has authority over you. And you're a very easy fix. If you know this information, boom, you're fired. You're gone. And if you come out with any details and you spill to one of their spouses, you are just going to look like a bitter and resentful ex-employee. So I think if you genuinely care about this job and that's what your end game is here, then you got to keep this information to yourself and just sit on the pride of being a good person, of knowing that you have information that you could do something with, but you are making the better choice not to. Now that said... You're a grown-ass woman. If that's what you want us to do, then we will go ahead and do it. We're doing it with warning. And there is a second option here, though, guys. She could get another job. Uh, That's my question. If you are are genuinely miserable in this job, (laughs) there's a lot of jobs out there. Just quit. 
right. Find another miserable job. Right. All right. So we can test this guy tonight. We'll hit her up tomorrow, find out, uh, and see if she's really going to keep this info to herself and see what we can find tonight with To Catch a Cheater, War of the Roses. I'm not a huge fan of spicy foods, but I do like a bit of spice in other areas of my life. Reality TV fights, make it spicy. My margaritas, make them very spicy. And when it comes to the spice cabinet you keep beside your bed, you got to have a wide variety of spices to keep things heated up. If you've been looking for some more flavor to add to your life behind closed doors, Adam and Eve can help you bring the heat with some fun new items to turn up the temp between you and someone else. Or if it's a single girl summer, there's plenty of options for those of you riding solo this year. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item and they'll include free shipping and rush processing so you can spice things up ASAP. And you don't got to worry about your neighbors noticing your delivery. Adam and Eve ships things out in discreet packaging. So you and Deborah down the street don't have to make awkward eye contact when you get your mail. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item and select just enter offer code Abby at checkout. That's A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This exclusive offer is specific to this podcast. So be sure to use code Abby to get your discount code abby all right mo yo it was shocking it was shocking to hear the words come out of your mouth yesterday what i say <gasps> i know what you're talking you about you know what i'm talking you what did you watch his instagram story I yesterday i did watch your instagram story oh. <laughs> now i'm sure that there are people that might feel this way but to hear it come out of somebody's mouth i was <laughs> utterly floored i had no idea i was sitting next to a scrooge all this time <laughs> Uh, what well, did I miss? Yeah, here it comes. Everything. Here it comes. Some. I will say this. Sometime, <laughs> sometime I'm just bored. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm trying to think of like <laughs> ways to fire people up. All right, so you don't really believe this, or there's a what's the percentage of you that believes this as opposed to not? Um, I, I would say it's like thirty uh, percent true, seventy percent satire. So you were trolling. Okay. Somewhat. All right. I do think everything I said is true. If it was the other way around, it would be more shocking. I think everybody then probably feels the same way. Because I don't hate it. Right. It, it's not that serious. But yes, basically I went on my Instagram story. I was sitting there and there was Christmas uh, music playing, Christmas decorations all around me. And I was waiting for someone to come to the restaurant. And then somebody walked by and was like, happy holidays. And for some reason, it just struck a chord in me. Like, Thanksgiving has not happened yet, and I've had <laughs> enough of this. And I just went on Instagram and was like, somebody has to say it. I hate Christmas. I said it. <laughs> he said it. He said it out loud. You hate Jesus' birthday? So that's the thing, right? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so I, I knew that was going to be the most popular response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I said, I was like, if we're going to be honest here, as once you become a grown man, like as a kid, whole different ballgame, yeah. obviously. Once you become a grown man, if you don't have kids, what does Christmas really do for you other than like lead to you being broke for a, for a little while. You don't get a lot of gifts as a grown man. That's just the way it goes. Mm-hmm. I think men know that. We expect that. When you do get a gift, it's like usually something small or something you easily could have gotten yourself. But there's a lot of expectations on you. This man who has a mom, three sisters, bunch of friends, co-workers. I get gifts for a lot of people. And as I'm getting older, I'm starting to realize that Every Christmas time, I got to deal with the stress of trying to get the gifts, paying for the gifts. You're afraid that somebody might get you a gift that's better than the gift you got them. So now you got that on the back of your mind. And I have never, it's just me, I have never heard someone on Christmas go, 
hey, happy Jesus' birthday day. Yeah. <laughs> no one wakes up and talks that, about Jesus. That, it just doesn't happen. That part is true, it's, right? It's turned into everything about other stuff rather than that. But everything you just said is sort of anti what it's supposed to be about anyway. You're feeling stressed. You're not feeling the love. But this is about celebrating his birthday. But it's become like more superficial than anything else. That's exactly how I feel. And it's stressful. As much as people don't want to admit, it's a stressful time. And so as much as I think everything I was saying was true, I don't actually hate Christmas. It doesn't bother me like that. But what I was shocked by was when I woke up, I was like, why do I have so many? Di- I completely <laughs> forgot that I did these videos. Oh, wow. How many, how many times did Jesus DM you last night? Uh, a couple. <laughs> a couple. I think he was the first or second one. But I started to go through these DMs, and I was completely preparing myself. I was like, I know people are just slaughtering me in these DMs. Like, I'm going to have to <laughs> probably go out and make a statement and say I apologize to Jesus and everybody. I was joking. <laughs> there was so many DMs from people going, thank you. Yeah. Finally. Really? Someone said it. We need to cancel Christmas. It's not what <laughs> no! it's actually about anymore. I was shocked. I'm still shocked. Like, I haven't even gone through all of them yet. But there was so many people who were like, I am so for this, and I'm so happy somebody finally said it. You can't say you can get... There's so many people for canceling Christmas. That's canceling <laughs> Jesus' birthday. But that's not what it's about that's not anymore. What it's about anymore. It's, and it's the excessiveness of it. Like, I get how some people feel that way. Like, I'm in a different camp now because I have a kid, and I'm seeing it through his eyes, and it's like, it's it's incredible, right? But if you've lost loved ones and you're dealing with grief thing. at the holidays or if, you know, there's there's a multitude of reasons why people just feel like happiness and joy and peace on earth is shoved down their throats and they just don't want to feel that way. I also think it's tough. Like, I never thought about how my mom feels for Christmas because all her kids are not there anymore. Mm. So it's like it's been such a family unit on Christmas and it represented family all these years. Mm-hmm. And they were all just different places. And the, the, like, there's no one there with my mom. It just doesn't do... For me what it used to as a child, obviously, but that's pretty much what the satire and the jokes were about. But you can't cancel Christmas because people have lost their way. Right? This is what it's supposed to be about. We have made it this superficial, pressure-filled holiday. That's yes. a that's a human thing. You can't cancel his birthday because of that. Well, no, you can't cancel Christmas, but you can cancel Christmas for yourself if you want to. I don't think I can. I got that DM a lot, too, but yeah. then, I, I, then I would really be the Grinch. I don't want to actually be the Grinch. I want someone else to do it. That's why I led the charge and then got out the way. Like, for a person, for a person who canceled Christmas, how would you act? at our birth show Christmas party? That's a good question. Don't even let him in. He has to say outside uh, at one of the windows looking at us celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. From the bushes, (laughs) It's the birth show. Here, birth show. Um, Let me cover these here for just one second because I was told in a DM yesterday (laughs) that I am now damaged goods, people. Oh, you're damaged goods. That is harsh, by the way. I am damaged goods. It's over for you. So yesterday I was telling you guys, it was right around this time, that, you know, when you... When you come out of a breakup, you start thinking like, okay, I would really rather not do that again, right? Breaking up, for the most part, is no fun. Uh, If it was, they'd call it something else. (laughs) So you start like thinking, all right, if you want to do this one more time, what is really going to suit you? Either uh, it could be something that people have been doing over the years that is traditional, or you're going to do something outside of the box, right? And I started thinking like... It's not marriage or a commitment ceremony like you talked about earlier that scares me about relationships. Mo and I uh, agree on this. Like it's living together with somebody that I think 
can sometimes take the excitement out of the relationship when you almost know you're going to see them every day. Then you start taking them for granted. They start taking you for granted. So I started to toy around with the idea of like being married, but never living in the same space. Right. Mm hmm. Mo and I agree on that. He said his girl never going to go for that, though. No, nah, she's not going to go for it. But <laughs> I, I'm still working on it day by day. My my husband and I discussed this yesterday. That was something that he picked up on um, when he listened to the show. Because he doesn't often bring up, like, you know, segments from the show. But that was one he brought up yesterday. So is he moving out? Um, no, he's not on the same page as you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, many said that, hey... This has worked for us for years yeah. and years and years. So let me read some of these, right? But first one, the first one is like, I'm damaged goods, okay? <laughs> Furt, been listening a long time and love you, but you are damaged goods right now. <laughs> love you, but. <laughs> uh, it says, who the hell would want to be married and not live together? You have temporary insanity. Kristen is right. You are not ready to date if you think this is right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right out the gate. Wow. That's okay. Coming, coming, coming in hot, coming really in strong. Uh-huh. Came in strong on that. All right. Some of the other responses. Bert, do not think you are someone flawed because you think being in a relationship but never living together is a bad idea. And once again, I'm just throwing these out. I'm not saying this is my future. I'm just looking at relationships differently, which I think you have to do once you get out of one. Right. Um, She says, I got married seven years ago. We decided before the wedding we would live separately. We got back from our honeymoon. He went to his place. I went to mine. We have never lived together, and we had a child three years ago. I don't even think she realizes that we all don't live together because he's here so much, but most nights he goes back to his place when she goes to sleep. And she writes in capital letters, it works for us. Bert, my husband and I decided a decade ago to buy an apartment three miles from where we were living together. He lives there. It saved our marriage. You are not crazy. Bert, my boyfriend and I have been with each other for 18 years and do not live together. I highly recommend it, and we are very strong. I think you just have to find somebody that's like-minded like that, and that's going to be hard. Well, I mean, I think people have a tendency to think that what works for them will work for everybody, and that's the only thing that works. And it's different for everybody. And I think that when people break tradition or start to date in ways that people are just not accustomed to, that they automatically assume that there's something wrong with you. But different strokes for different folks. And that is the hard part is because I have never dated anyone who agreed with me in that <laughs> I wouldn't mind having that much space in a relationship in all my years of dating. I've never found any, a woman who actually agreed with it. Now, if you once you enter kids into the picture, then my attitude would change about it. Right. Yeah. But, you know, I'm at a place in my life where I'm not having any more kids. Right. So. I can see myself being in a relationship or even being married to somebody and just living apart. But you'd have to find the right person that has the same need for space. And I've said this a million different times. Like when you take a look at the divorce rate in this country, with depending on what survey you're looking at, it's either 50 percent or 60 percent. And yet we keep doing the same traditional things over and over and over again. And that rate doesn't ever change like. If there was a disease in this country that only affected married people, 50% of married people, the government would be like, we got to vaccinate these people to keep them together, right? (laughs) They would do something. But here we are doing the same things over and over and over again. And I'm wondering just like, are we doing it because this is the way we have to do it? And a lot of people 
or unique people like myself, that model just doesn't work for us and we're too afraid to admit it. Yeah, again, not something that I would be able to do or my husband's even on board with. And I do think like opposites attract in a certain way, but more for, I'm not, I don't even want to say for super, you know, superficial stuff, but for what you're talking about, like major things, I think you need to be aligned in order to have a long, successful relationship. Um, and that would be one of them. Like that's a major aspect of your relationship of whether or not you want to live together or live apart. If one person wants to do one and the other person wants to do another, I don't see there being a, you know, success in the relationship. But if you guys are on the same page, then by all means, do what makes you happy. Sure. Life's too short not to. I always feel like when I say that, when I've always said that I would rather be in a relationship that way, people take it as I'm afraid to commit to a person. They always say, well, you're afraid of commitment. I'm not afraid of uh -huh. committing to marriage or to a woman. I'm afraid of committing to the idea <laughs> that I lose all sense of my individuality. Mm -hmm. Like that's, I don't want that. I still want to be able to do all of the things that I've always done that I find fun and entertaining, whether that's traveling by myself or just having time to myself. And it's difficult to explain that to someone who just doesn't have the same sense of what space looks like in a relationship. And again, my desire here, it, it might be totally and completely flawed. Uh, and my desire again is to try to keep that burning flame that you have when you first meet somebody and you miss them when they're gone. H how do you sustain that over the course of 20, 25, 30 years? And one thing that I'm looking at is it feels to me like most married couples that I know just start to get too comfortable with each other. So what can keep that like excitement? Is that even possible? Well, that and that's the thing that Bart brought up. And that's what we discussed is yeah. like that, like hot and heavy lust, you know, intensity or whatever. And for for us and like we're on the same page that. Yes, we are still attracted to each other. We still have lovely, intimate moments. But as far as that, like, you know, intoxication no, we don't have that anymore. We have something different. And I actually feel like we have something deeper mm -hmm. because of the 17 years we've spent together, you know, sharing a child together now, the life experiences that we have, you know, losing loved ones and in other, you know, trials, tribulations, everything. So can't you have all that also, but just be living a mile apart from each other outside? Again, you've got a kid, so that yeah. would totally change everything. I don't think so. No, not for us. No. I'll tell you, I, uh, my husband and I slept in separate bedrooms for about a year because of snoring issues that were keeping me up at night. And it affected our relationship, even in the same house, yeah. being in separate bedrooms. Not a bad thing. It's just it created a distance. And for a while, we felt like roommates. And sometimes it was like ships passing in the night. So I think if you do live separately, you have to be super intentional mm -hmm. about the quality time that you spend mm -hmm. together. And I think you need to work on your relationship and those bonds more. Could that ever work for you, Abby? For me, no. And that's just because the model of relationships that I've seen. So my parents have been married for, I think, like 30 years. And I was telling somebody this last night. I'm like, I don't get it. They just like each other. They just, they like to hang out with each other. They like to travel. I have never, not once ever seen them go to bed at separate times. Like when I lived in their house, every single night, my mom would pass out on the couch. And then when my dad was ready to go to bed, he'd wake my mom up and they would go to the, to bed together. That was just their routine and their way of saying that I'm, I'm not going to bed without you. To me, they have a true partnership because mm -hmm. they value what they believe marriage stands for. I, I maybe I haven't been around the model marriage that I would want to be in in order to see how it could be. I, I think that might be a part of it for me, too, mm -hmm. because I think when I look at my peers, like the men that are married, 
They they just they're not in a rush to go home. They they stay in the car. They don't want to go upstairs. They say it lacks intimacy. All these different things that I'm like, it just seems like if the fire dies and it's not there anymore, and y'all are just together to be together, I would rather find a way to sustain that fire for for as long as I possibly could in any relationship that I was. In. I just think we got I, there are so many people that are afraid to even look at marriage and relationships differently because we've just been doing it the same way for so many years that you got to find out what works for you. It's so funny. You're like you have guys that don't want to go home. I can't get mine out of the house. (laughs) (laughs) The Burt Show. All right, Katie. So you just never know exactly the history of the people that you're working with now, do you? Nope, you never do. And this is why everyone should always be investigated. If you're not investigating (laughs) people, I think you should start. Okay. So um, there's a friend of mine who has been working in this office and like within the last year or so, a new guy, he started. And he's kind of like standoffish, keeps to himself. But she always thought he was a little creep, like just that guy who just can't land dates and he just seems weird. Um, but she doesn't really interact with him at all or anything like that. So one day she's in the office and she's headed to the break room and she overhears him having a conversation with another one of their coworkers. So she stops to eavesdrop and wants to listen to what's going on. One of the guys is talking about his AA meetings and how he has to go to them and all this other stuff. And then the creepy coworker, he mentions, hey, I got to go to meetings too. And the dude's like, hey, hey. He's like, no. Now, I don't know how to mm-hmm. say this. Um, piano playing mm-hmm. meetings. Mm-hmm. He's, an, he's, oh. an, he's addicted to intimacy. Yes. Got it. There we go. Okay. Right. Huh. Okay. So then the dude's like, oh, you just start going there on your own? He's like, no, court mandated. Okay, wait a minute. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. okay, now we got a story. So she's like, oh, snap. What's going on? But then she just walks away. She's like, okay, I've heard a lot of this too much already. And she proceeds to figure out if it's court mandated, is he Googleable? And she Googles him. And my man is just in the break room, just sharing this, just yeah. openly. Well, it was those two. So I guess they didn't think that anyone was like coming around the corner listening to the conversation. Okay. So she looks him up and she sees that he has a history, a long history. He's been arrested like three to four times for assault towards women. Oh, now it's getting serious. Right? Mm -hmm. And so now she's like, oh, this dude has like a long criminal history. Are these misdemeanors or felonies? I don't know the difference. I don't know. It don't matter. (laughs) Yeah. Both pretty serious. Yeah. And so now she's wondering, does she bring this to like HR? Does she tell them or do they already know? Like, do they do a background check on him or not? Like, what do you do when you find that information out about someone who works in your office? Well, she would know if they do background checks, right? Because they would have done one on her. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure they did. And then just said, well, eh. Yeah. I mean, our company does, but I don't know. I, I, I mean, what else can you do? I mean, but would you except, wanna, oh, go ahead. except stay away from the person? If I mean, I, what else can you do about it? Yeah. Because it sounds like they hired him anyway. So if that's the case, then yeah, what she probably would be doing herself a disservice to go in there and try to stare, stare, up, stare the pot up. Do you think every company has a policy where they Google people now to see if anything pops up? I would think so. I mean, officially or unofficially. I don't even know if legally you're supposed to be able to do that, but ah, come on, who's not? Because I know technically you're not allowed to use their social media to determine whether or not you hire them, right? Yeah, but people are I'm doing sure it they anyway. still do. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Of course you do. Uh, I mean, I think I'd play it safe for her and I wouldn't date the guy. <laughs> She's not going to do that. She just didn't know she needed to say something on behalf of what she found out. But there's also a possibility, like you all are saying, that they already know. But then why would they mm-hmm. hire him? 
Like if you were if you were a woman in the office and you found this information out, would you feel obligated to tell the other woman in the office that you have a uh, you know you know get what I'm saying? Ooh, let me ask you guys that. I mean, you're women, so would you want to know? <laughs> I wanted you to pretend like you had a JJ for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I've been accused of like being pretty close. <laughs> I sat here and was like, Ooh, no, I would 100 percent tell immediately yes. as soon as I found out. Just because you okay. So here's the thing: if but it's is that ha- gossip or is that doing like to me it's preparing you in case if it's ongoing like if it was one time a very long time ago I'm honestly probably not going to say anything but if it's multiple Mm -hmm. repeated offenses then I'm like well you have a pattern and you've established a pattern and a jury has found you guilty of a pattern or the government whatever so yeah I'm going to tell my uh, fellow female co-workers to let them know don't be alone with this dude. What are you going to do? To me, it's sort of the same thing as like uh, sex offenders, how they, how they have to go around the neighborhood and be like, hey, this is what's yeah. up. So, I mean, if this person isn't obligated to do that with the people in his life, honestly, as a lady in the office, I would kind of feel like it's my duty to tell the other people. Mm-hmm. I would do the same thing. Yeah, because I would want to know yeah. if there's a guy like that just walking around the office. So Cassie brings up a valid point. Does she know how recent the last offense is? Um, I didn't ask her what I the mean, last date if was. If he's doing court mandated... Like right. meetings that has to be recent. That's recent enough because he's still fulfilling his obligation to the to the government. All right, here's D saying it happened to me. Good morning, you're on the Bird Show. Good morning, good morning. Yeah, so that happened at my job. We obviously don't do background checks, and I don't want to say what kind of field it is because it'll kind of give it away. Mm-hmm. But um, our HR um, assistant, he worked there, and. Um, one of our coworkers had Googled him and found out that he had went to jail for um, assaulting, doing like cyber sex with like a, I'm sorry, a cyber piano playing oh, that's with, the, um, <laughs> with the uh, minor and everything. And so someone sent an anonymous text to a lot of the coworkers as well as the CEO and all of the higher ups. And um, two people quit, two ladies quit, and they wind up firing him. Is that right? Okay. Wow. So, yes. now, so now we know this guy's future if they do. Thank you for calling. Appreciate it. There's your answer. All right. Okay. The Bird Show.